What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to Basement Side Chats. I'm the host, your host, Deeg, and I'm here today with Commander Sirius. What's up, man? Deeg, how you doing today, sir? Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to link up with you. Uh, you are a longtime Planetside community leader and YouTuber, and you just really got into the streaming game that I've seen in the last few months, and it's been really fun watching you. So I'm really super glad we were able to make this happen. Awesome, awesome. Yes, it's new and exciting to me, and I'm, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, learned plenty of things for you. I'm an aspiring podcaster myself, so. Oh, really? Um, it's been fun to get into it. Not that I've done one yet, but hey, what in the future, you about maybe we podcasts? can do more of it. Well, I just, I, I do like, the discussion format's great, right? Playing uh -huh. games is fun, but we all do, we all get to play games, and then here's an opportunity where we get to dive a little deeper, so. Uh, yeah. It was, this is a great place for me to wet my feet in it. So thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure, man. Yeah, I love the podcast format. Um, for a long time, I, I tortured myself with the, the negative. I should really do YouTube content or I should really do something because I, I have I have a, I have ideas. I want to get something out there. But it never really clicked for me until I sat down with a friend or two and just started talking. And I realized, you know what? If we recorded this and maybe put a little more effort into it, it could be something. Right. And then, That's awesome, uh, man. It's just been a progression of things. And yeah. The conversational format is hugely important, I think. And this is, um, I don't know, it almost to me is like um, a great antidote for the times we live in, where I think there's an overemphasis at times, and this is a very broad comment about um, internet culture and everything, to have like a very headline-focused culture, a very Twitter, a very tweet-focused culture, about having small ideas that kind of get repeated a thousand times. And the podcast is like, nope, these things aren't small. They're not simple. We actually got to talk about it for a couple of hours to explore it properly. I love it. It's the antidote of the times. That's that's a brilliant way to say it. I think we're all going to be stealing that soon. So yeah, you're right on, man. Okay. Well, let's let's get into it then. Um, tell. So you are um, before you were Commander Sirius. You had another name in the Planet Side community, and you transitioned over to Commander Sirius. Was that? Was that persona like something that you kind of naturally gravitated to, or was that a, a choice to rebrand? Like I'm I'm actually working on my own branding right now, so I'm just really curious about this. Oh, you led with a really good question. Yeah. So uh -huh. for anyone that doesn't know, I am Patty Fathead. And that's probably people have probably know me more in my local server setting as that name, right? I've done Server Smash as that name. When I was just doing all sorts of open platoons, that was the name. Uh, a lot of people on my videos are shocked to hear, you know, years later, oh, yeah, Patty Fathead, I ran in his platoons. It was awesome. That's who you are. So, yeah, it's funny. You know what it is, is that name is it's sort of disappointing. It is leftover from World of Warcraft. Oh. I was a, a big WoW guy, led a guild there, and that had a torn named Patty Fathead. And when I started a new game, I figured I'd keep it. And just did that. But yeah, when I was doing a YouTube video, that, that name was of no interest to me. So I came mm -hmm. up with something uh, just a little more interesting to me. And uh, when the YouTube sort of took off, all of a sudden, more people knew me as serious. And Patty Fathead made no sense at that point. So it was sort of a my, my YouTube forced me into my new name, almost. Gotcha. Yeah, you, you put on the mask. 
<laughs> right, right, exactly. So, and you know, some people have been like, "Oh, he's he's ashamed of that name." No, I, I love that name. I hope no one forgets it. Please, people still call me Patty or whatever. By all means, call me that. It's weird for me because that's not my name. Um, I just huh. thought it was. Um, but uh, is that related to the, to the Torin identity? You know, cow, cow. Exactly. Pat, just uh, I don't know. <laughs> he just seemed like a big funny guy, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. It was associated with that, but it has no real meaning to me. So. Yeah. Well, we all I, I inherited Sirius very well. Yeah. Well, it's a great name. And honestly, uh, I, I, I completely relate to it, too, because I'll tell you what, I, I had this moment. It wasn't related to content creation, but I started a new job in tech in 20, I want to say this is 2015. Um, and for years and years and years, since I was 13 years old, I was known as Darth Greg. Okay. The most badass name when you're a teenager and you're a Star Wars geek. And maybe you don't know what actually is badass. So that's the best <laughs> I could come up with at the time. So I was Darth Greg for all these years. And I got to a point where I started to resent the name a little bit. Um, you know, you become an adult. And right. then I couldn't imagine myself sitting down seriously and playing Overwatch with my coworkers <laughs> with that name. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And then I think I think it was Overwatch because Overwatch has... Um, in older games, um, like older shooter games, which is kind of what I did a lot of before that, you can kind of choose, change your name whenever you want. Um, your identity was kind of more fluid, but the more modern games, they more they more uh, bring you into kind of choosing one identity and sticking to it. So I um, I chose this name. Gotcha. Well, for the record, I still think Darth Greg is badass. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you, Sirius. I appreciate that. And so does the tiny Darth Greg part, part of me. It's inside. Right, right, right. Ne never forget it. But yes, there is a point where you have to mature past it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in all things creative, um, there's a temptation to find the thing that works and just keep, try to keep repeating it. But the thing that actually helps, I think, me grow as a, as a, as a creative person is to always try to respect the things that worked, but always keep moving on to the thing that's next. You were right on. And that's why I think it's so cool that you went from being um, Patty Fathead to being Commander Sirius, the, the YouTuber, to being Commander Sirius, the streamer. And I've watched some of your streams, man. You you put in the work. You're fun to watch. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, I. Uh, it's amazing what one person can do in their basement, right? <laughs> Be it your podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, um, you know, with this coronavirus thing, we're seeing all these just mega productions, right? They have millions and millions of dollars at the disposal to put on these productions. And I go and I watch one of those and then I watch any of these streamers. I'm like, that guy did it better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy and interesting. So I'm like, yeah, what what can I do? I want to push the limits. I want to turn it into an interesting production. I want to bring all sorts of cool, interesting unique values into it. And I think, I think people that watch streams get it that, Hey, when it's one guy bringing all these things in that that's impressive for some one guy to, I don't know, create something like this. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to push the limits there. Just like anyone else. Yeah. There's a serious one man band thing that goes on. Where, <laughs> and the neat thing about it too, is that when, when it's a, a streamer, most of the time you can, you can assume that whatever you see on that person's stream is an expression from that individual person. You weren't seeing something that was put together by a, a large number of people who you never get to meet. It's like, oh, right. well, like when I see your setup, like I know that you're the one who put up those lights. You're the one who arranged your monitors. You're the one who picked the light, the lighting color. Yep. Like, yep. I know that that is what you chose. That that is what Commander Sirius is. And I think people really like that. 
they really liked um, the connection. And it, it's kind of, um, it's been really interesting. This is one of the things that you kind of mentioned to me when we were talking a few, day, few days ago about just kind of brainstorming what, what we might talk about is how in the times we're in, people are doubling down on the ways that we can find connection through, through these new mediums as you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it is. I, I was just, I was looking through that. Uh, I've been watching this Streamlabs blog and it is just interesting how, yes, the communities are popping up and the, you know, the dollars are going to keep following. So as, as the communities find a way that, yeah, we, we were talking about how sure communities, they watch the show and then later on they go to the forum or the Reddit or whatever and kind of mm -hmm. sort of connect there. But this this new medium is just interesting because the community is all there at the same time. They experience the moment live, right? Whatever that uh, poggers moment is or that uh -huh. mock S, you know, whatever that crazy moment is, they experience the live, they react together live. It's definitely, I don't know, it just brings everyone that much closer, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you can come around, come together around a stream, around a creator community in a way you can never do around a TV show. You're exactly right. You know, it's one that you can you can discuss it after and kind of pick it apart, but it's watching it unfold in the moment is just a completely different experience. Yeah, and I've I've watched you. So you're doing the videos, you're doing the streams, you have your community that you you run ops with, um, yep. your Planetside in-game outfit, uh, the Serious Army, I believe is what it's called, right? Correct. Yep. Um. That's a lot of things to keep spinning, man. Um, and I know, I know for a fact that you you have a different nine to five yep. than, than streaming. Um, yep. That's something I, I relate to just a little bit. I don't think I've I've put as I'm not. You are busier than I am, and I feel busy. So I want to <laughs> know how do you manage it? Uh, not well. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, yeah. That's and it's one of those things where as a creator, I, I'm very fortunate. I have. Tons of people that have come out to support me, including you. Thanks, by the way, man. Damn straight. Um, and there's, I want to be able to deliver a certain amount for that. I know most people are just, be, they're just cool. They're just like, here, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Go do a little more. Whereas I, I beat myself up more that I can't deliver as much as I would like to. Um, but I do feel it's like one of those things where, you know, some people did it and they kind of bought a bunch of lottery ticks, tickets, so to speak, and they just went all in. They, they quit their job. They went all in and Dr. Disrespect, for example, super successful. But yeah. for 99 percent of the creators out there, that's that's not how it works. Right. You've got to you've got to try to cram it all in. You've got to keep working away at your main main gig. You've got to maintain family life and you've got to then usually spend till one or two in the morning sometimes to get those video outs. And that, that's really how I how I do it is just a couple late nights here and there to keep up with the videos and the streams are all thanks to Mrs. Sirius, you know, giving me a few hours to go stick just to streaming basically. Let's give it up to Mrs. Sirius, y'all. Right, exactly. Woo -woo. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, that's that's crucial. Um Yeah, it, it's interesting the I think that there's a very different kind of um, kind of vibe and maybe community. I'm not sure um, that you get when when someone is. I don't know. This is maybe a bit of an out there idea, but that's kind of what I do. Um, so when I really got started with this whole thing that I'm doing, um, what really inspired me was an old school gaming community that I used to play. I used to play an old Half-Life One mod with like 18 years ago. We found each other on the internet again a couple years ago, started hanging out, and we went from being, you know, high schoolers and college-age kids playing games, which is what you do when you're that age, 
to being people who have grown up, had careers, adults, families, and maybe gone past those things even, maybe more than one, maybe many, and have found each other again and realized, oh, we still want to come together over this. We still value here. Um, and it's a very, and I feel like that same kind of um, more rounded kind of, kind of um, connect connectivity you can get when it's that as opposed to, you know, some of these kind of larger communities that are, are really um, based around creators who are at the very start of their lives and maybe haven't, haven't seen as much life. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound like a boomer here, but <laughs> I just no, think I there's, when I watch your streams, I, I see a guy who I want to get a beer with. And that's, and it's because I know that, I know that you've been through some life. Like you're, you're obviously not just, just someone who dropped out of college to do this. Right. And I mean that Absolutely. in a positive way. No, I know exactly what you're saying. And I, you know, that's part of the reason I got the canteen in my stream, right? Uh -huh. I, I'm glad that that's what I come off. That's, that's kind of my idea is that sure, let's do some gaming and then let's sit down as a community and, uh, I'm going to have a beer and I hope you guys pull up in your own little canteens wherever yeah. they may be yeah and we can all kind of hang out together and chat about it you know that's exactly what i'm trying to deliver let's actually show off that canteen so you sent oh, okay. me some so, some pictures of of your setup uh yep. courtesy of mrs sirius i believe yes and i was right laughing as as i as i sent them to you it was the first time i viewed them and i'm you know the the difference in a me a video creator where it's all 169 and she an instagrammer where it's all portrait mode i'm like oh no i committed the <laughs> ultimate the ultimate sin but yes there there it is is mrs serious a gamer too or does she do her own instagram thing she's down with mario kart she honestly we we kind of both pulled to our own games and she's like babe why don't you play mario kart with me more but uh <laughs> that, that's that's about her type of game Oh, yeah, fair enough. I, I I think I managed to get my wife into Animal Crossing for a couple months. Oh, okay. See, I haven't uh, tried that one yet, but I could see that that seems like it could be a family hit, or is it still kind of the older generation? I um, it's a really remarkable game, actually. Uh, it's not really something that I'm interested in that much, but I, I think um, what's appealing about it is to, to my wife. Um, she doesn't like games that have a lot of conflict in them, okay. and so you know, shooters are never going to work. Um, but she does like sitting down and being in, in, in like a nice, in, in, in a world, maybe receiving a story or kind of, um, you know, kind of exploring. And Animal Crossing is perfect for that. Um, I think over time, though, for her, what maybe eventually turned her off of it is this, this, uh, there's this really intense, like, um, economic component to that game where there's a gameplay loop that's defined by you essentially getting loans and then paying them back to this banker guy named Tom Nook. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's very interesting. Unique. interesting. <laughs> I hear the Araxians running around. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's my next my next project is probably if I'm going to keep going with my command center in the basement, I need to upgrade the ceiling insulation. But uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> later project. Yeah, look, there's always more to do when it comes to streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The, the the tough thing is, where do you actually need to sacrifice sleep? Like, where is it actually worth it? That's what right. I find. Right. So let's let's see some of these setups that you've, I, I'm sure, sacrificed some sleep to put into. So here I'm showing um, the canteen setup, I think. You're exactly right. Yes. So in, in one, I basically, I take half my basement here and uh, I've made it as green as possible, uh -huh. as you can see. Yeah. Um, and 
have the the backdrop there so I can drop in. Do I feel like I'm in the Bastion or I'm out on Indar, what, wherever I feel like I am for that moment? Yeah, that's really cool. I, I like how you do that on your streams because you do some you, you do some gaming, and then at the the front and the back you like you wrap it up. It's like um, right. it's like it, it's like almost like proper storytelling where in between. <laughs> Like where we're at the start, there's a comfortable buildup and then a comfortable a kind of denouement that falls off at the end. There you go. You're exactly right. Uh, so yeah, it's others, about pacing, right? Yeah, totally. So okay, what else we got? So this is the same thing. Um, and yeah, here's the part of the of your setup that I think you're sitting in right now. Correct. Where you so have, yeah this uh -huh. this over here I call the command center. I'm I'm actually and what I like what I sort of like about Planetside and I've sort of made up my own lore is. I feel like everyone should be in their own pod or whatever doing their part for Rexus. So everyone should have their own little command center. And, uh -huh. you know, you've got – we've all got our own setup. We've all – I'm lucky. I've had a lot of time to develop mine. So guys are like, oh, that's that's awesome. I wish I was there. Hey, you'll get there. You'll get there to those guys. Um, but that's kind of the idea that, that we all sit down and then we then we go do battle out there, right, on the fields of Varaxis. So Damn straight. I love that idea, like the 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 everyone having their own little command center. So you've you've actually done some. You said your personal lore. I know this is a thing because I think I've seen a video from you where where you you put a um, you, you did like a story video of some kind recently. You're exactly right. I I uh, just kind of infused a little bit. Of, there's a lot of headcanon, as I what I like to bring up. Remember, folks. Uh -huh. There's you know everyone complains that Planet Side Two doesn't have lore, which of course is is a bummer. But at the same time, that's an opportunity for everyone to make up their own. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, you know, just just why why is why is Vandu the right faction, and why do you have to defend their honor and fight for them? You know. Yeah. Um. So that was that was kind of my contribution. I. The story I made up in my head is what's interesting to me and keeps me doing battle. And for some other people, they may not like it. And the original story is rebirthing technology. So maybe they're a soldier that's rebirthed a million times. You know, to me, it's like pick your story and go go live it in there, you know? Yeah. It, it's like you've, you've really embraced the sandbox nature of Planetside. You're, you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sure, more lore experts would be – excerpts would be cool but you know maybe they back themselves into a corner or maybe they take away uh something that made the world awesome to that person so even though it's a little vague i think you can fill in the gaps and imagine something awesome you know yeah or do it very sparingly right like absolutely um a good friend of mine i just started streaming and uh he showed me a game that i haven't played much of uh what well, i should say i should restate this I have not yet let myself plunge into, which is the Dark Souls, all the Souls games. Oh, okay. And I don't know if you've played them, but they have a very uh, distinct approach to storytelling. But rather than forcing you to go through cutscenes and, and have you talk to NPCs that have big dialogue trees and listening to people talking at you all the time, instead they have little like notes on items that you can read, little letters mm. lying on the ground that you can pick up and look at. Or, Interesting. Or little environmental storytelling cues that if you want to, you can pay attention to them and, and kind of put the pieces together in your head. But you can also just completely skip them if you want to. And that kind right, of approach, okay. I think, could be really cool. And I, we're starting to see a little something like that going on in Esimir, aren't we? You're right on. You're right on. They are really, they're, the spirit of teasing is alive, right? They're getting those teasers I out there. I love it. Yeah, we did. We did a whole stream dedicated to just kind of hunting those things down. So it's, yeah, what could be coming? Could you briefly summarize for those who are not in the loop? 
Yeah, yeah. The the key places to look are you can look at the northeast warp gate of Esamir. Mm-hmm. One of those spires is going to blow up or something. On any settings, you'll see it's starting to explode. You can go to the uh, sanctuary and browse out the window, the main window there, and you'll see a storm brewing over Esamir. I saw that uh, the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool one going on. Um, and then you can also, if you're just watching Twitter feeds, actually, Alan... Lapidus, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, he's, I think he's the lead environment artist or anyways, he's got some cool little, cool little snippets coming out. So it's worth following him on Twitter and you'll get a few more details from that. So yeah. I can't tell if it's two weeks away or if it's, you know, eight months away. I don't, I don't know what that one is, but I'm hoping it's closer to the former, but. Yeah. We always hope it's coming soon. I don't know. I like a good tease though. Yeah, absolutely. You has got to be careful about not not letting it it take too long and let people kind of lose faith that it means anything. Exactly. It will it will wear out if you let it run too long. Yeah. So or to build an expectation that's too high to hit. There's the other. Yeah, exactly. Set that bar way too high and then it comes out and it's like, okay, they rearranged one base and you're like, oh <laughs> what, what was that all about? You know hey, maybe maybe they'll they'll change the Indar and maybe they'll blow up the crown. Ooh. I, I never considered Anything like that. That would be interesting if a blizzard hit a different continent. That would be really interesting. Maybe. Maybe. Or yeah. maybe or maybe it's all just a long-term tie-in to a, a big uh, uh, winter event. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, maybe it doesn't come till Christmas time, really. Yeah. So uh, I noticed that on your uh, when we connected that you, you have your, your uh, location on Skype set to be uh, the crown on Araxis. Is that just like a fun bit of flavor, or do you have some kind of particular affection for that? infamous base yeah exactly i couldn't i couldn't miss that opportunity right whenever what you know i think for me i've got my kind of gamer details email website all that stuff and then i've got my personal one so Uh you know whenever you're setting up account as that i'm i'm on araxis and if they need something more specific the crown why not i remember i i think back to the original crown where it was just it it, til has sort of become the new meat grinder Mm -hmm. um but the crown was the meat grinder and I don't know. We'll we'll never forget that one, right? So that's why I had to pick that one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll go back to it. Maybe I, I don't. That was back when it used to be really hard to lock continents. Mm-hmm. So we would literally play on Indar for weeks and weeks on end, and there were a lot of ground battles back then. Five hundred days of Indar. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So this is a different time for Planet Side. I feel like there was a time. Um, especially last year where my personal, like I still like playing the game. And I, I think I, I told you that like for me, Planet Side's the kind of game that I will play reliably like two or three months out of every single year, no matter what. And I'm always following it even when I'm not playing it because it's, it's unique and it, 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 I'm constantly drawn back to it. But um, last year, I think it was really easy to look at Planet Side and think nothing is ever going to happen that matters. And if, they, and if we had a tease like this that landed... This time last year, we would have been like, what the hell? Why are they bothering? Yep. Um, there was a, a feeling, I, I think, in the community um, that built up over years of, um, I would say, I don't know, this is a big conversation, but uh, expectations that the community had that maybe weren't quite hit. Um, but that's really changed in 2020. And um, we're seeing now Rogue Planet games come out spit and fire. Like, I, for the first time, as a Planetside fan, 
in since since I started playing Planet Side Two, you know, more than five years ago, I feel like something could happen that I would not expect, that I could not think of. For sure. I thought Outfit Wars would never be something that they would ever do, as an example. Yeah, yeah. So you had a, a chance to to cast Outfit Wars, right? I did. Yes, it was a lot of fun. It was funny. The uh, you know, I think the devs were all excited. They had this big plan, right? And it, in this at RPG headquarters, they have a great cast room, right? They got the green screen. Yeah. They got the desk with the three computers, right? They're yeah. all ready to go. All of a sudden, they were thrown at home, and they're left like, "Oh, what do we do? We don't really have cast <laughs> setups ready to go. You know, we can't. We promised the community we'd cast, but we couldn't." So. I, I think it was probably always in the back of their heads and this it kind of forced their hand and I think it played out really well that they they basically just handed the whole thing over to the community, right? They let any, you know, Faber, Archie, um yep. Planetside Battles, everyone associated with that, they let all these guys grab them and they supported them big time. They hosted them, they gave them keys to give away. And I think it just played out perfectly, letting I think that's the, the community cast it. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they just keep double down on that and really just find ways to support all the already existing creators to keep casting those events. Yeah, what kind of relationship do you have with RPG? Do you guys, do they give you hints about what's coming? Um, do they throw you keys to give away and stuff like that? How does that work? Yeah, love-hate, love-hate relationship. Ah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, great. They They have been just stunningly generous handing out keys and i've got i was able to hand out a bunch of the doku packs so major shout out to rpg oh, yeah. Those are um yeah exactly those are big so they yeah they've just you know the transition really was rpg right when when they were daybreak it was all pretty stingy right it's like mm -hmm. it, it took me a real really long time just to get an observer observer cam mm. um you know just kind of like basic things when i i'm pumping out the content so no, they've really been over backwards. It's tough as a community. I think we're all kind of in that rough spot where, you know, Planetside 2 got abandoned. Um, I think probably rightfully so. They made a lot of money with H1Z1. Like if you if you were the person that was looking at the books and you got this thing over here and you got this thing over here, I can't blame them for putting the devs on the one that's just spitting out dollars, right? And so how how do you react? I, my inclination is to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there is a point where it's like you gotta you gotta stand up for what you're interested in, and that is inevitably gonna create lingering animosity, right? They're gonna be, I think Rel used the term, the game haunts them, right? It's it's sure it's it's tough getting berated by the community for things that when he's doing the best he can with the minuscule resources he's given. I heard you know? at one point that that there were only three people working on the game and he was, yep. he was one of those three. Yep. Can and you that, imagine that's... being in front of the community when you only have two other people at your back for a game oh, my this gosh. size? Yes. Yes. You know, he, he had, he got the ultimate shot, right? The gamer turned dev, but it, it's gotta be bittersweet that you get the shot with no resources to really do anything and major props that him and a few other guys whipped together the, um, implant system, the rework, <laughs> made it better, and also Varys got a, that had to kill it in terms of profitability. Three guys making a system that's just spitting out dollars. Um, mm -hmm. And that, to me, is what even... To me, without that, I don't think Daybreak Games would have ever looked at this game again as something that could make money. So, mm. so if a few guys can make a system that can make as much money as the implant system did, mm -hmm. then this franchise still has legs and an audience that's willing to willing to pay to keep the game going 
that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I really think that that was that kept this franchise going here for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the implant system I think was very polarizing for a long time, especially in its initial iteration. Um, there there are still moments you see that where I see people who are just starting the game. Um, going to get their arms around it and 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 realize that there are still some implants that are you you have to gamble to get mm-hmm. um and you're I, right it's i it's, think it's, it is a huge outlier of a problem right and so even in its state that that's such a tough one to solve right when you have a seven almost eight year old game and you're trying to make sure the veterans keep playing mm-hmm. but you also are very dependent on new players getting into it yeah, man, having such such an integral part of the game costs so, so much to get into. Yes, I, I don't know how you really fix that one, right? Yeah. Without making the veterans feel cheated, because you could, you could make it easier for starting players, right? Mm-hmm. Double, triple ISO, something like that, you know, something or for the new players. Or selling perfect implants. Well, yeah, that's, that's one way. At least you kick out the loot crate end of it, which is also kind of, yeah, you know that's questionable so yeah i don't know like as as a gamer approaching it um like i have a nine to five so i i can support planet side um i don't have to play it as a free title which means that for me i jump at the chance to buy a perfect implant to just get, get, get carapace on on everything like that was an easy choice for me to make yeah um I know not everyone playing these games in that position and it being a free-to-play game it probably tilts towards the other end of the spectrum um but it's it's one of those things where um, I'm sure it makes the company a lot of money, but I also think it presents a kind of an image problem. Absolutely. I mean, a- any of these big titles out there depend on the masses, right? The masses coming to it. And sure, there's the whales for sure, but they catch mm-hmm. a few dollars from just a wide, wide range of people. And that's that's how they're able to just do so much for the games, right? They just have such a massive income base. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't. It's it's a tough transition, right? Where could a lot of people are like, well, why does everything cost so much in PlanetSide, right? Could they make the transition to stuff being cheaper? Where sure, more people would buy it, but then people like you or I that could that would spend a hundred dollars on a bundle if they no longer mm-hmm. have to, they may be cutting their they may be cutting their uh, income by making things cheaper. I, there's a there's a threshold there that is risky to cross, right? Yeah, and and to what extent does having to grind turn people off versus having the ability to grind make people engage? <laughs> That's another really key piece of it, right? Yeah, because people they need something to go after, right? It's, yeah, something to chase. If, it, if it, there's nothing to chase, yes, you will have more people fading away. So there is a keep people engaged engaged part of the grind for sure. Yeah. Thinking back to when the directive system debuted and they brought out the first, um, uh, what do you call it, directive weapons, right? That was a huge boost to the, the existing veteran pl- base because it's like, oh, finally, like, I have something to go for that's going dis- to, not only is it a cool reward and unique, but it distinguishes the, it distinguishes you from the people who don't put in the effort. I mean, that, Absolutely. over time, less so because o- only more and more of those directive weapons are going to go into the wild over time. Yep. Yep. But I think that's a a good example of that kind of engagement too. And it's there's no, there's no RNG involved. Absolutely. Yeah. The 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 carrot to chase there was huge. I, mm-hmm. I myself, I, I chase Araxiums and directives. I 
you know, that's kind of something that keeps me going on the next weapon, the next weapon. So, yes, I think that was a big, brilliant move, right? No loot crates involved, right? You just, you put in the time, you get the reward. That's, mm-hmm. that's a really, that's a good feeling. That's the as free-to-play promise. Gamer. Yes, right. absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of having something to go for, I mean, there are just so many, so many places this conversation can go. Um, <laughs> but I think that uh, one of the, talking about the directive system, talking about having a reason to log in, something to chase... Uh, one of the things that we got teased in a recent dev stream is this new take on the mission system that looks like it might be coming. Yeah. I don't have a screenshot handy, but um, it looks like it's almost a little bit like a battle pass almost, to some extent or, or, or like a daily quest system. Yes. Thought about that much? Uh, you know, let's see. I, I, I didn't see the battle pass end. I was thinking of it as the second um, where it was kind uh-huh. of a little more of a daily mission where you could go pick a few up and say, okay, I'm going to kill 10 ESFs or anything like that. Um, I remember one iteration, there was potential that you would be able to start quests yourself, right? As a platoon leader, you could say, I need I need air support here, right? So you could set up a mission of kill 10 tanks in Indarex Hex, right? And then that, that mission would put go into the mission system. Some player sitting at the warp gate could grab that one, and then they'd come support you. Um so that, that was an interesting, all. yeah, that was an interesting idea to me. It sounds technically complex to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, I envision it more being exactly like, yes, this this terminal is the quest giver, right? And then you get to go pick up a few quests, get a few extra bonuses if you go from that, and hopefully helps give newer people more directive on what to do, feeling like they have an objective or they have a goal, right, that they're really mm-hmm. contributing. Right. The battle pass idea that I did not see that screenshot. Did you see something that I might be lent conflating itself towards two different okay. memories that I've had that okay. could be on me? Uh, okay. Um, regardless, though, I, I think it's it's good to know. One of the things that I, I've always chirped in, I, 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 whenever I think about Planet Side and things that things it could do better, is to is to really engage more with, with the MMO side of its identity. Um, I think that there's actually a surprisingly large overlap between people who are gravitate towards playing MMO raids and people who like planet side. Right. Um, you know, I'm right there with you on that one. Actually, mm-hmm. I, that to me is the, as a past MMO player, that was kind of the most disappointing part of MMOs to me. I like, I like that you get to create a character, right? You become a personality in that server. Um, the most disappointing part is it's still very, it's all just math, right? Math and RGB, RNG. Mm. There's not math and RGB, sure. a little bit of that too. <laughs> RGB, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plenty of that too, right? Uh, RNG, right? Like it's like sure you step out of the fire every now and then, but it's do you click do you click the right buttons in the right pattern, right? And that's how you maximize your DPS. It's not really did you hit the head or did you did you move well? It's so that was my one take. Whereas plant side to me really starts delivering on that, where you can go do sort of a massive raid, mm-hmm. but it still is very you can get out of a tricky situation just on your own skill and wits. So, yeah, I thought uh, and with forty other people, right? Exactly. It, it is and, actually but, massive. It certainly is. And so that was I do feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to have to do a grind or I don't want a currency system, right? I don't want to have to auction house. I don't know. I, I liked all that parts of the community. I would love to see people selling selling parts up in the sanctuary so someone can build a new gun rather than have to buy a new gun. Well, that's you know? interesting. Like like an well, auction system, like a player-run economy? 
Well, exactly. Like, I mean, to me, Warframe did their monetization brilliantly, right? Warframe is very much built around people finding parts to create the next frame or the next weapon, right? right, right. And there's a couple ways to do it. You can grind it or you can buy it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people use platinum to buy that stuff. So you can, much like a Plex and Eve, you can buy platinum with real money or you can earn it in game and this currency ends up just distributing out through the you know, the natural mm. market that's created. And so the players that can't pay, they grind in game and they get it that way. And players that can buy some contribute, sort of pay for the game and spread that money into the system. So mm-hmm. I just th- see an opportunity there to uh, get people more involved, build community and monetize as well while they're at it. Yeah, you know, I watched your, your video about, uh, I think the way you put it was, why did Warframe sail and Planetside fail? Uh, from a couple years ago, I think. Yep, it was a really yep. interesting watch because I, I put a few hundred hours into Warframe myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a game that I, I really wanted to be, I really wanted to fall in love with. But there was some mm-hmm. resistance there for me that I don't feel on Planet's side. Um, yeah. I think that I really respect the complex economy that Warframe has. Um, and I completely perceive the mass value it has in terms of bringing people in and, and accessibility. And they also even have, you know, good bits of FOMO where they rotate in these things called prime frames where you can only acquire them um, for money for certain amounts of time. And then they kind of get put in, into the player economy, which is a neat mm-hmm. little back and forth. But yep. the game to me at some point felt more like I was kind of like logging to the bank every day. And exchanging currencies and doing this kind of trading stuff. And if you love that, that could be good. But there's the payoff for that in a game like Warframe didn't really grab me because as deep and complex as that game's customization and modding is, um, at the time that I played it, I didn't perceive any payoff to that customization because all the Apex content didn't require you to really nerd out on all the details. At least not, not to the level that I wanted to. Right. And again, me, I was a raider myself. I also, I ran a 40-man raiding guild in Vanilla WoW. Like, there you go. Yep. I was right there with you. I played an orc, though. Sorry. Same that, that's okay. for the horde, though. We can agree on that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I was right there with you with Warframe. I, you know, it was huge. It was a phenomena. And, but I, I never latched onto it as that same thing. It's like, I, and everyone kept saying, well, you can do like eight man raids at the end. And if you can do like, you know, you can get up to 20 and 40 and 50 waves and then it really gets serious and all that. And I see that I just couldn't, it, that wasn't inspiring enough for me to try to max out to do that stuff. I was like, if it's just, if it's just a little more of what I'm already doing, that's not, that is not a go fighting. Right. Exactly. It's not go fighting the Yogg-Saron or something like that. It is. Right or rag, what, what, whichever your your pinnacle is, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just it did not have that vibe for me that at least WoW delivered, and did not compare to kind of the massive sandbox end of Planet Side. So at the same time, I could vision how for a lot of people, Planet Side would just be too overwhelming. And Warframe is a nice, succinct. I go do this, I get this reward, and for a lot of people, I think that's what they want in their gaming. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that video came from is disappointedly yielding how we're all weird masochists that like being in this this endless battle that you, you're not quite sure who's winning and <laughs> if it'll ever end. And some people are just like, hey, I want to play for an hour and I want to get a Warframe. And 
that's what this game delivers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun comparison because they're both free-to-play games with wildly different levels of success and, and um, industry-like, um, almost like like uh, cultural impact. Um, Planetside, I don't think, has really... There aren't... I don't see a lot of games out there that are learning from Planetside. Um, but I see a lot of games out there that are trying to do things that Warframe does well. Yeah. Um, to me, where the one that kind of hit that niche, I was always playing World of Warcraft. I'm like, there needs to be an FPS RPG. Yeah. Right? A first-person shooter role-playing game. And, you know, The Division is kind of there and Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is the one that really grabbed that niche. I, I wish I wish Destiny 2 had, you know, I hear raids and they're like, oh, the raid's eight people. Right. I'm like, or is it four people now? I don't need, I haven't played it, but, hey, uh, man, we did part like, in the same pools, dude. I, I, I tried the destiny raid scene too. Did you, did you get into it at all? I know I, I, I've had it sitting on my PC. I don't know if you, uh, it's, it's down, but on this, uh, screen over here, I've got uh -huh. like 20, 20 games, right. I'm going to uh -huh. review all, I'm, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to review all these. Oh, and nice. never, I, I, I just, I cannot, I can't, I can barely keep up with the planet side too. It's content. Time I dude. Yeah, it, it is exactly. So. So, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, is this the game that's going to, I want a, a 25, I want a 40 man raid, right. In an FPS environment. Uh -huh. I think that would be, I think that would be epic. And then, you know, okay, well it's, it's definitely scratching the itch for people, right. Where it's an FPS RPG for sure. But, uh, the scale just isn't there enough to really draw me in. I don't know. What was your experience with it? Um, I found that, um, oh boy. This is going to be a weird thing to describe. Um, I found that the end game of Destiny was a little too plasticky for me. Okay. Like, um, so one of the things I like about Planet Side, and actually most games that have PvP and, and build communities, is that the connections you make with people are a little bit more robust. Um, I'm not sure I can really characterize exactly why that is, but almost all the people that I game with over the years are people who I either shot at or shot at other people with over the years and people that I, I did, I did wow raids with as much as there's that, that overlap that we talk about. I haven't, those people, um, haven't stayed in my gamer circle for whatever reason. Right. Uh, Interesting. So it's almost like, um, like, uh, I don't know, like, a a blood bond or something ridiculous. I don't know. Right, right, right. But so planet side that, is, is, is great at that. Absolutely. Your planet side friends remain people who you game with. At least that's been my experience. Yep. And no, I see even for, you know, Merck, you know, we're, we're still planet side based, but it is really a gaming group and everyone that it was, some people don't even play planet side anymore, but they play with Merck people in Arma or ESO or whatever the game, the flavor yeah. of the month is the base was the group that formed in planet side. And then you go play all these other ones, you know? Absolutely. And I've, I've seen that, that too, to some extent, um, that dynamic is not there in Destiny. Even though Destiny has a big, like, a kind of big-ish PvP scene, it always feels like it's trying to put you into transactional situations where the people you're playing with are just kind of like, they're there, but you're not really working with them. You're not really cooperating with them. I always found that none of the groups that I joined in Destiny had that kind of connectivity that I looked for. And that, 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 that's the same reason I bounced off of Warframe, too. 
Yeah. Oh, that that is very interesting. Yeah, the the few streams I saw of Destiny was like I'm sure there is a healer in there, but in general it was just one guy wrecking things. Right. Sure, he had, he had a group, but like everyone was just doing their own thing, killing things, and all all together you killed all the monsters, but it didn't feel like there was all that much teamwork really involved. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of pieces in in Destiny raids, and some of them are are pretty challenging. But okay. Um, and the other thing too about about Destiny is that the way that, it, that its content is designed seems to be either consumed at the level of a weekend warrior, once a week person logging in, or a hardcore streamer who is going gotcha. to be consuming this content to, to blow it up for the rest of the community. Because gotcha. they have, they have these, these, these really interesting community puzzles that, that, that they do, where they put things out and they solve things. And when the community works through these insanely crazy puzzles and clues, it points them somewhere in the game and they go there and they open something up and there's something there that no one else has seen. And that streamer can be the first person in the world to see it. Interesting. Which sounds amazing, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's like opening the gates of Encourage. Like, it's like, oh my God, I want to be there for this. Right. But it's not something mo- that unless you're that guy, you can only experience it peripherally. By watching it right. on YouTube later or on Twitch, if you're lucky and happen to be there. Right. So if you want to actually connect with people and have these shared experiences, that that is not an, an important part of the community dynamic that's being created by that game and Warframe 2 for me. Whereas Planetside, I come back to because it's your it's it's your brothers. Yep, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, Planetside's awesome. Okay, so. Pivoting a little bit, I wanted to, I've been dying to ask you some questions about some videos you've done over the years. Can we do this? Yeah, dig in. <laughs> I'm an open book. All right. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to start with with the the softer, the, the softballs and we'll work our way up. Okay, cool. Um, one of my favorite videos that you did was entitled The Challenge. And I'm going to put it on here in the background while we talk about it. Let's see if I can press the right buttons to manage that. Okay. And the challenge is a video you did as a response to a situation in the community. Um, and what, I, what I'm going to do, if, if you'll indulge me, is, is read out loud a little bit of poetry you wrote for this video. Right. Um, the, story, the story is, I, I can't put it any better than you did. So I'm just going to read it, and it'll take me a minute. So uh, grab a beverage if you're out there listening. Do it. The challenge. And then some people are grug. Grug wants high KPM kills per minute, high KDR kill death ratio. That's all that matters. So I'm going to give you the backstory in a matter that Grug can understand. And this is you speaking. I'm obviously repeating what you said. Big Grug wake up on Araxis with Big Club. Big Grug smash Little Grug with Big Club. Doing this, Big Grug gets Big KDR, Big KPM. Big Grug likes smashing Little Grug. Big Grug shares all his friends how quickly he can smash Little Grug. Big Grug feels good about themselves, but Little Grugs find a solution. If Little Grugs stick together, work as team, Big Grugs can't smash them very well. This makes Big Grugs sad. Big Grugs want Little Grugs to spread out so they can smash them better. Big Grugs make fun of Little Grugs for being together. And Commander Grug comes along and says... Smashing little grugs, no make you big grug. 
Smashing other big grugs. Only what make you a big grug. Big grug gets mad. They say Commander Grug only says that because he can't smash little grugs fast. So they challenge Commander Grug to go smash little grugs even faster than the average big grug smash them. And then when he does that, there's deafening silence and they delete their comments and we're left right here. Your telling of it is so much better than mine. I love it. <laughs> I don't think so. You got to go back and watch the original. <laughs> but uh, t tell, tell us about this. What was the going on with this uh, little bit of poetry? Yeah, here's my thing. Over the years, I really, I appreciate my enemies, right? Because they are my content. This game depends so heavily on someone else being willing to be on the other side, being the bad guy for me, right? No one in this game thinks they're the bad guy. But if you're fighting the TR and you're fighting Patty, Patty Fathead's platoon, Patty Fathead is the bad guy. And if you're playing TR and you're fighting Evil Pig's platoon, that was the leader of 666 Devil Dogs, he's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> over the years, the tendency is for people to cry out and to hate you know, that, that outfit, right? That outfit that has too many members, that outfit that does this, that outfit that does this. Too many so my Right, exactly. So my frustration is when people don't, they look at the other side and they don't see themselves in it and they see someone else that's worse or doesn't play it right. Um, and uh, I saw I, what I considered friends, acquaintances, just really get dissed. Um, people that are just trying to bring the battle to me on the other side get dissed a lot. Um, so my natural inclination is to stand up for them and is to explain, well, hey, you know, be grateful that you have such great shooter skill that you can farm these less skilled players at 3 KPM, 4 KPM, whatever you're going to be able to do it at. But you wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't them. And there needs to be a way for them to have fun in this game, too. Mm -hmm. And the way a lot of those players can have fun is being epic platoon crashing across Araxis. And sure, may, maybe the battles for some bases are unfair, but eventually they're going to hit a biolab or a tower, and it's probably going to swing in the other faction's direction. So I didn't see a reason to hate on them. So that's why I've always kind of been in their corner. Um, the little grug's corner. The little grug's corner, right? I uh, My claim to fame is videos explaining how I think we could avoid surging how we could improve it in the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, while it's here, don't hate the little grug, hate, hate the game, right? Mm -hmm. It's, they're just trying to find a way to have fun in the game. You find your way to have fun. I know that's farming little grug. Great, but don't hate on them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the first inclination of those players would be like, Oh, well, serious. He's just another little grug. He can't do it. Cause I, I spend most of my time running open platoons and trying to create content for these people. Yeah. Right. That you just don't um, understand because you're not able Exactly. But if I want to go out and farm little grugs, every now and then I'll go out and farm little grugs. It's, I'm, I'm not the greatest planet side player ever, but I, I can farm just like the rest of them. So um, there's a little bit of confusion there that I had to uh, kind of drop the mic and clear that up for yeah, a second. Yeah, they said it straight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was fun. I was I was way too hard on B-Way, but unfortunately, um, that unbeknownst to them, really, a few of their members were really the ones that were leading the charge. So... As a content creator, I expect to get focused, right? Mm -hmm. Rel did, anyone did. You're gonna get you're gonna get thrown under the bus, and I think a lot of content creators, their move is to just be diplomatic. And I'm 
I'm a guy that's going to swing back. You know, people can take swipes at me, but I am in a position where I get to hit really hard and I'm, I will swing back for better or worse. Some people are, some people are going to leave and say, serious, I don't like your response. And I understand that, uh, totally entitled to that. I'm, I'm on the other side where it's like, if, if someone's going to confront me, I'm, I'm going to swing, swing right back. Yeah. It's a tough thing to negotiate. I imagine because being in the position you're in, you have to measure your response with that position in mind. Right. You, Let's give Rel a quick shout out in chat as we go on. How you doing, man? Rel, we were we were chatting about you a little bit earlier. Um, we we don't we didn't envy your position of coming in and having the ultimate, ooh. right? The gamer turned dev yet coming into a position where you have to save something with zero resources. And we were I don't think anyone else could have done it, to be honest. So anyways, props. Carry on, dig. Yeah. Awesome to have Rel here listening in. And yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> um, I mean, you guys both, Commander, you and Rel also here in the chat, n you guys both understand that even though you may have certain feelings about the way certain people are acting, communicating, behaving, that you, ne you can't necessarily react in the same way that you're getting the feedback, right? Because being in the position you're in, you have certain responsibilities and the words that you say reflect in a certain way upon the game and the community too. And I've always really respected Sirius the way that you have not pulled your punches, but at the same time, not quite stooped, if you know what I'm saying. I do. I do. It's a tough balance, right? And every, every content creator finds their balance. Um, and... I, I'm not going to judge whose is better. I don't. Mine's certainly not the best, but uh, it is. You know, some people want to be a little more hard nosed about it. Some people are a little bit more. They they're generalists and they're not really going to go focus on anyone. I think that's generally the more popular position to take. But what's the in the end? Position, right? Well, for sure. In the end, you got to be true to yourself. And some people are going to see through it and they're going to be like, okay, I understand what he's responding to. Um, and some people are going to be like, yeah, that's. That's not my bag. And then they go on. And I, I totally respect that, right? Everyone's going to kind of fall into their own niche and what they like, you know? One thing's for sure. I will never forget the bat, the, the, the uh, epic of the grug, of the little grug, <laughs> of the man right, grug. Right, right, right. And you know what? To be honest, I don't – I consider myself a raindrop in that whole thing. But I feel like everyone in the community has gotten better from top to bottom. I think bottom has been better about not, not accusating. I've been kicked out of the platoons. You know, people see me as the guy that only goes and I'm the white knight of the little grug. I've been kicked out of platoons because I walked into a hackusating session, mm. right? Where a whole platoon is complaining about three guys from that whatever that epic outfit is. And every time they say, no, you're wrong. I just completely shut them down. You, everyone can picture Commander Sirius doing that. Very similar to the challenge mode. No, he's not hacking. No, he's legit. No, no, Drew did not hand hacks out to recursion or whatever that episode was right if there's something i know i'm going to be i'm going to i'm going to come at you about it it's a player that has tweaked his settings tweaked his mouse tweaked his desk he's done everything he has worked himself into this precision killing machine and for someone to discard all that and call him a hacker i, I understand i understand the big grug side that it's it's unfair to them to all the hard work 
put it as nothing. He's hacking, right? So I can understand that side too. And I've I've been click, kicked out of plenty plenty of open platoons for trying trying to convince people that hey, no, they're they're just that good. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, there's there's a a kind of a, a metaphorical magic that people see when they don't understand something in the game that happens, and you know maybe in, in the real world you would look at something unexplainable and say it's magic or it's god or it's you know insert whatever structure from your belief system makes sense but in a video game the answer is cheating absolutely or exploitation or pay to win is another one too especially for free to play games like planet side and um it's a tough balance and i feel like there are there are there's there's no game that's more likely to confuse people about outcomes than a, than than a game like planet side which is a a it's not the fastest time to kill out there of, of games but it's it's faster than many and it's also mmo sized so and it and it's a huge sandbox you're not in a 6v6 scenario pushing a choo choo train you know right you're in a 600 versus 600 scenario you could get sniped from across the map you could get bombed from someone above you you could be taken out by your own idiotic teammate shooting a jackhammer right. there there are so many ways to die in planet side. Yep. And um, the role of, of client side uh, hit detection is something that is so hard for most to understand. And even to the extent that I still see great players who know better rage against it. Yep. And, yep. you know, me too. I'm not, you know, we, we all need to find our little things to hang our hat on to say it's not really my fault sometimes. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, PlanetSide is especially unique because what's worse is everyone – PlanetSide's TTK is as low as other games if you're good, right, and you hit the head. Whereas yes. everyone else, they're used to being able to get the drop on someone, dump a few body shots into them in Warzone or whatever, and get the kill. Mm-hmm. Whereas PlanetSide, if you dump a few body shots into someone, all they're going to do is juke and headshot you. So it's all the more perplexing into that it feels like the TTK for that good player is so short and your TTK feels forever. I mean, you, you'll dump a whole mag towards someone and first first they miss half their shots. Second, they're shooting from too far away. Third, they're hip firing or whatever. So it, the disparity feels all the worse because you feel like your time to kill is so much lower. Do I don't know that? how you solve that without ruining the, the, the gunplay. But yeah, it's just I was just going to say, is that a problem that should even be solved? It, well, it seems like it, it seems like it's like a, like, like a blade that cuts both ways. Absolutely. And, and and the way we were describing is when it cuts back at you. Right. But mm-hmm. the way it cuts in your favor is that you actually have a lot of creative ways to play the game. Absolutely. And you actually it have is, a lot of autonomy. Right. Right. It is one of those things that if you solved it for the new players, you'd ruin it for the veteran players. You know, there's there is no right answer there right new players just have to take your lumps and you have to try to guide them over that hill basically oh. um, and that's no go ahead kind of some of my more successful video the ones that i get the most like hey thanks for that video series is the one that explains that to people right where they they start understanding okay i get it now this is the difference. It's not magic, right? I love your description there. It's not magic. It's not religion or whatever. Or cheating. Um, yeah, it's they they've they've got the mechanics down, and then someone starts to it dawns on them what are the mechanics that they can leverage or the mechanics that are being leveraged against them mm-hmm. to deliver those things. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're on the topic of 
not understanding what's going on around you when you're playing Planet Side. I want to I want to take this discussion back to uh, another fun controversy that you put yourself into. Um, yeah, which is the reaction to the Mandalore gaming review of Planet Side from a few years back. Yeah, um, I'll never forget that scenario because in many ways, watching his video and watching your response was one of the more emblematic creator events to show off this great schism in Planet Side between the newbies who want to play a really cool looking sci-fi MMO shooter and the, the big grugs who have 250 frames per second know what they're mm -hmm. doing. They turn mouse acceleration off and they yep. shoot, they aim for the head. Yep. Um, I wonder if all this time later, um, maybe you could uh, walk us through just for a quick moment. Um, what, how you came to the process of creating that video response to Mandalore and maybe what you were thinking when you were first seeing what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's funny that that's another video that it's like, I, you know, I think most people see me as a generally chill guy and then all of a sudden I lash out and they're like, Whoa, what did that come? Where did that come from? Type of thing. Um, and I'm like, part of it's clickbait. You know, it was funny. I was on morphologists stream the other day and he said it really well about star citizen star citizen it was the same exact thing and he's like you know what hate click videos are so easy mm -hmm. because that is most of the viewer population right they've moved on they're always moving to the new hotness and be it star citizen or planet side it's left in the dust and the reason they didn't stick with it like everyone else is obviously the game's fault right it's something wrong with the game that they didn't latch onto it mm -hmm. um and so when you move past those, you have a massive, you know, there's been over 10,000 characters created. I don't know how many counts in Planetside. You have a massive viewer base. Much more people would rather watch a hate click video than a, I love Planetside, right? Because mm -hmm. there's only th however many active players. There's more former players than there, than there are <clears throat> current players. Right, exactly. So Morphologists put it really well that it's, if you want views, making a video that's going to tear something down is how you're going to get the views. Um, and then going into how, how do you stop a giant, right? How do you stop it? That video was the number one video that came up for planet side for over a year. Yeah. It's, it's the giant. If someone wants to go to YouTube and watch a video, they're going to say this game sucks and I shouldn't try it. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I wanted to have a rebuttal out there. Well, what, uh, what is the tone of the rebuttal is, is the tone toxic? Is it too far? Probably. At the same time, that's one of the videos that I've gotten one of the most thank yous for. Like, serious, you you said it right. You said it true. You set this game I love where it's supposed to be. Um, and how do you do it? Because the generalists on YouTube are going to rise. They are going to get the most eyes, right? Because they are going to go from game to game to game. And so they are going to find eyes from every community. And if you are just a person in a single community, you will never get that many eyes on your video. Um, so I don't know how you, how you try to combat the giant. I hope most people that watch that one also watch my follow-up video that had to do with kind of weathering the storm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of sort of clarified why I felt it was important to set the record straight on a lot of those, what were really misconceptions of a player that hadn't put enough time in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's rough. Um, you know, one of the things that I always watch for whenever I 
take in a gaming review of some kind, whether it's a written review or a YouTube review or just someone giving their impressions on a stream, is try to understand how much they've actually invested themselves into the experience. Because the nature of a game is that you experience friction for some outcome. I mean, that's even the way the game of life is played, right? You have to, to beat something to get, to get the win. And if you don't push past a certain level of inertia in a game, you don't understand what's good about it. And that's, that's the impression you get from the Mandalore video. Right. And, you know, I, I don't want to guess anyone's intentions, but um, to, your, to your point about the tearing things down, there was a tendency, a clear tendency in my mind, to search for places to give the game body blows, to mm -hmm. search to search for for faults, right? And right. there's a lot of like little things, like honestly, complaining about camo. Yeah, come on. Right in a world in a world where we've moved on to cosmetics are the monetization. Yeah, you know. Uh, and you know, I, I could tell in your response that you were riled up, and and you you were a proper voice for the Planet Side community in that. I think. And it doesn't surprise me at all that you got so many positive responses from that community. So um, I'm just glad. I'm glad someone did it, and I think you did a, you did a as good a job as anyone could have asked for a community voice to step up and have something in there. And even though that 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 Mandalore video is still way up there, at least people look at it and see, oh, it's three years old or however old it is. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, and I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And uh, what, but well what plain Plain's plain devil's advocate, it's kind of like, well, does my response matter? Really isn't that will be the experience of new players that don't get over that hill. So does it even matter if veteran players have a different re experience? Like I, I think that in my head, like maybe it doesn't matter if the truth is different. If all a player coming into the game is gets to see that end of it. Mm-hmm. Why, why does it matter if the truth is different? That ends up being the reality. Does the game have to change and fix itself before we can start arguing, hey, no, the game's actually different if you spend longer? Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Maybe maybe so. my veteran experience doesn't isn't really the uh, doesn't really get a voice in that in the new player experience to an extent. I mean, the unfortunate thing is you don't get to understand the game till you're a veteran. And unless you understand right. the game, you you can't advocate for the newbie experience at all. Right. Like, Anubi's going to come in and say, what I want is the ability to unlock guns faster. And we both know that that doesn't matter. Guns sure. are, a, are, are, are a, um, you have a great video out there that says, don't put your first certs into buying a gun. Right, right. You, you, you put that, you're the, the, the person at the, you're the tip of the spear on that message. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta. That's the video. Yep. Yeah. It is a really good one and really appropriate for this community. Um, I think that the... So there's a really great um, crowdfunded reviewer out there, Danny O'Dwyer, um, who does fantastic uh, development documentaries for games. Um, his, his channel's called No Clip. He's huge. He's great. He did a great multi-part documentary on Warframe. And one of the people who he interviewed was a guy named Steve Sinclair, He's, I think, one of the lead designers on it or creative director or something now. And he made a great comment about Warframe that I really appreciated and I think is also true for Planetside, which is um, he was asked, um, do you ever, are you ever, it was something like, are you ever tempted to reduce the complex, like, why do you think 
Warframe is polarizing for people. Because even though it is really successful, it does turn people off. And the thing that he said that I really liked is, I think gamers are smart. They look at something and they know whether or not they're up for it, right? Yeah. And there will be people out there who just want an easy free-to-play title to grind away on for a bit. And maybe they're not the best audience to try to get. I don't know. Um, but there's also grains of, there are different kinds of people who have different kinds of interest in investing themselves in an experience. And folks and gamers who understand that to get something good out of an experience, you have to put something into it. And people who actually really crave the experience of having some agency in that rather than just being along for the ride. And I think that Planetside and the content that you put out there to show what it actually is, if you do that, um, is super, super duper important. And that's why I think it's really important that you have that retort video out there to the Mandalore video. Because the Mandalore video is a poison pill for people who are trying to decide whether or not to click download. Right. Or for people who have gotten a few hours in had been killed from around the corner a few too many times and are trying to rationally justify a negative feeling they have and justify moving on to the next game. And if right. they click the video that says, hey, if you fix your mouse sensitivity and turn off shadows, you'll be able to see better and shoot and shoot faster. Don't put, don't put your certs into guns, put it into class unlocks and stuff like that. And they'll be like, oh, you know what? That sounds kind of fun. I kind of like that progression. That sounds interesting. If you don't hear that, it's not really obvious. And it seems to me that the community is in the place to send that message out. So it's always sad when someone who's not really part of the community gets to own so much of the message. I don't know. Right. No, you're right on. And that's in the end, that's why I, I still, any of the videos where, where I'm harsh, I always feel bad about it. And I lose sleep. I literally lose sleep about it. But I do feel it's important that there is a message out there for anyone that there are a lot of people that, and again, I get the, I get the comments to say, Hey, thanks for that video for clearing it from people that are veterans. And then I also get people that say, Hey, you know, I, I watched that video. I wasn't going to check it out, but then I watched yours and I decided to check it out. And I'm so glad I did. So I think it is important that there is that there is some sort of video out there that can, the people that want, that are going to get over that hill of the first negative review and look for the next one, will get in and say, oh, wow, the, com the community does stand behind this game. Oh, there is more to the game, more to the just cursory look that some people look. So that's why in the end, I'm like, okay, well, it, it did it did more good than bad, I feel like, you know? Yeah, well, it's certainly, I think it, for the people who look more than once, there is a net benefit in seeing the the back and forth. Right, absolutely. Because uh, Planetside's a game about conflict at so many levels one of my favorite things about it, about the game is that it's uh it's always over time embraced the three faction identity which makes it so complicated i think absolutely people to understand and to know what to do and it, it's one of those those bits of like yes this level of complexity is going to frustrate people it's going to make the game harder to make harder to iterate on and harder to sell but we this is planet side and yeah. I don't know, like when I first heard about Outfit Wars, um, I didn't know what it was going to be exactly. I had the pleasure of being in one of the early, early uh, play tests, but I was originally thinking, hey, oh, they're probably going to do like an Outfit versus Outfit thing, Outfit Wars. And when I saw that it was three faction, I was like, oh man, they got it right. Yeah. 
they really got that right. Absolutely. You, you know, it's funny coming from, I was on a server in World of Warcraft that was six to one Alliance versus Horde. And what a dance disaster world P PVP was oh. in a situation like that, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think three faction can be frustrating to people, right? Because one time, one one faction every now and shouldn't say every now and then. It, it's part of it, right? One faction's always getting a little extra focused. But without it, there would never be relief, right? One faction would always be the underdog. Whereas here, at least in planet side, it swings, right? One faction's getting a little over-focused, but it swings, and then another faction is. And then in the end, sure, they're not all great, but you get some just amazing fights because mm -hmm. you're able to – the push on the map changes, right? Mm -hmm. If you balanced it perfectly, we would all fight at TILs only, right? Everyone would be pushed to the middle, and there would never be any movement on the map. The fact that there are disparities allows the map to move around and get interesting fights in interesting places. Yeah. It helps continue to agitate the sandbox and keep things from getting too stale. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience uh, casting the Outfit Wars game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was that was fun. And I kind of got a few. I, the first thing I would do is give a big shout out to Kamikaze. Hope every, I think everyone here is, you know, if you're a fan of Planetside, you're a fan of Kami. Um, but he was the one that... Uh, pulled me into the duo cast mm -hmm. so that was that made it a lot more fun to me i appreciate it. he i just want to give a shout because he was the one that kind of he was initiator i've i am excited for any of these sort of co-group streamer dream team type of things but i never have time to really motivate them so they don't happen um and kami did that one so that was fun but yes it was super fun i had just barely got my stream up and running but I don't know. I just I see a lot of potential for the community to come together around it and uh, just something to strive for for these outfits that really want to get into this sort of uh, people are going to hate me for using the word competitive in three way. But, you know, I, I find that if you're playing kick kickball with your local gymnasium, it's still a competitive event, right? You're trying to win. So maybe this isn't like the Super Bowl, but it is still competitive. Yeah, the thing that Absolutely, man. And the thing that, that I that I thought remember thinking about Outfit Wars is, um, man, they they finally gave outfits a reason to push, outfits a reason to hone in on whatever identity they have. Um, I was playing with I was actually playing with B Way when the um, first Outfit Wars happened that that that, that uh, Alpha Alpha One season or whatever it was, and you know we, we could talk about. Um, some of the misses that early on and how RPG jumped in to fix some stuff. Um, and it, it's, of course, that stuff gets iterated on over time. But just going from a situation where the only thing to go for is either personal goals like directives, like the only shared goals as an outfit to go for is like locking continents and putting your names on bases. It's not good enough for a game with the MMO DNA that Planet Side has. This is... It may not be the last thing that outfits have to strive for, but it is, uh, I think, completely crucial to developing these communities. The only concern I have about it is that not enough outfits get to participate in it. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, are you looking for a bracketing system, or what are you thinking? Oh, man, I don't know what the, what the solution is. Um, you know, I think one of the tensions, too, uh, interesting intonation in the chat from <laughs> Rel saying that'll change. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Well, that's that's <laughs> exciting. Um, 
I know that one of the tensions, and I've heard Rel talk about this, or at least post about it somewhere, is between making sure that people are still engaged in the sandbox of Planetside, which is, you know, on Indar, on Hassan, on Esamir, where you're grinding out certs and you're playing with your outfit and you have that three-way thousand-player battle. Um, that is like quintessential Planetside, and it is risky to try to pull the game away from that too much. I completely respect that risk. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, I, and I think because of that risk, Outfit Wars becomes really bold to say that we're going to give something outside that that loop that we can put enough into to hit those same production values. And I was honestly delighted at how smoothly it went right from the start. I mean, there were problems with, with the way that the rules were, and qualification were conceived, of course, but um, outside of those details, it's gone off very well and with remarkably, with a lot less friction than I could have foreseen there being. Absolutely. I think the tough thing for RPG, obviously, is some people want it to be the competitive event of Planetside, right? Really making that esports event. And what I see and what I think is the right way is I see it as a community event with sort of a, sure, a competitive spirit, right? There's a winner. But I see something that's like, let's bring as much of the community together to not only play, but if you if everyone can play, then you get that many more viewers, right? Uh, we we saw Planetside 2 casters having over 2,000 viewers. When have oh, you yeah. ever seen that? Love that. And that's that's all credit to RPG making an event that the whole community gets to be part of. Now, I don't, I'm not opposed to, in the side, having a competitive, a truly competitive event. And really, you know, RPGs leaving Jaeger up. They have the gracious people at Planetside Battles kind of running the show, but allowing those competitive events to go on. But I think it was very important that the the, the in-game sanctioned event, yes, what you qualified on the live servers, rather than pulling population off to bracketed events where they're, you're losing battle on the main continents effectively to make them happen, the battle is going on on the live continents and it is getting as much of the community involved as you can. Mm -hmm. There is... there. You know, the best thing that can happen for Rogue Planet Games is the small outfits that are dedicated to want to be part of it is to go out and recruit new people. That would be win-win, yep. right? Yep. Not only do those outfits not become too powerful, but they then go out and they bring new people into the kind of, you know, mid-fit sort of environment where they're going to have the most fun, right? Where they're going to be able to create content for those players that didn't even know those sorts of outfits existed. But, you know, they can't motivate the small outfits to do that inevitably what's going to happen in some cases is the four super skilled small outfits are going to turn into one skill ball and they are going to right. dominate and we saw that happen right exactly and that's rpg can't stop that there's not a way to make that not happen some people are going to be out there to win it and to crush the opponents and that i don't i don't think that's bad that's just part of it and then in some of the other brackets you're going to see more competitive interesting events you know, I, I would say, I mean, 80% of the matches were, it, it could have swung in any direction. Really, Even right? from the outset, Every, they were remarkably close. Exactly. Anyone had a chance at it. And mm -hmm. that, I think that's all. Oh, there it is. There's the moment. It's up mm -hmm. here right now. Oh, the infamous. <laughs> the, the, the harasser clean and, and Sure. I'll, I'll give an apology to Recursion. I certainly, I saw that happen. It was so epic. I certainly played it up. I know. She, she didn't get the whole squad, but uh, I, I, it just was job. epic that she even got it onto the roof. Yeah. Uh, no, so. it, it's a fantastic moment. It, it, this is one of my favorite moments in Planetside this year because <laughs> it was created by a player. 
and it had yeah. a huge stage and a huge audience and everyone immediately understood what it meant when they saw it. Like, and that's what a live cast is about, right? Is yes. we caught the moment. I was, I could have been, I could have easily been at another base, yes. right? But we caught the moment. And that's, that's what's so cool about a live stream or an esports event. You, you see those things that are then written into planet side lore later yes. on, you know? And you know what? I, I, I also think that, you know, I, I have this, this, Funny and unique experience, um, not related to Planet Side. So I'll try to summarize it quickly. But um, you know what? That, that my my group of gaming brothers, who I described to you way back from the early two thousands, we all played a game called Team Fortress Classic, a mod for Half Life One. We made clans, we scrimmaged and and practiced and played matches against each other that we all organized as a community. Um, very try hardy high school stuff. But we all found each other again in our thirties, and we decided to make a league again. And over the last three months, every Friday night, I have been casting those matches. Ooh, and epic, man. <laughs> I, I kind of did it as a lark because I just liked that game and wanted to be a part of it again. And it is undeniable that a lot of the matchups there are very one-sided. Not It's a small community. There's not really enough room to have a very well-balanced league. There are only, like, like I think, 11 or 12 teams. Um, but... It brought the community together and gave us shared moments and experiences and helped reinforce the 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 game and the community and bring people out. And I think that streaming is one of those it's one of those, I think now unassailably integral parts of any gaming experience forever. It can't be ignored. And I didn't think that was gonna have that much of an impact. So I see the value in even having not super try hardy esports but just like kind of fun like summer league stuff it gives people Absolutely. a chance like to, to talk shit to each other yep. it gives little little moments of drama yep. well, and occasionally something like uh like harasser gate 2020 happens <laughs> you're exactly right right i mean sure there there is there is the world cup right and then there is your local um indoor soccer league right they're they're both important the, the indoor soccer league is something that delivers so much to that community. And I, I find if you're going out and you're doing a little league in planet side or in whatever it is, it is an important piece of the entire experience, right? The entire football experience or the entire gaming slash planet side experience. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I hope to see you doing more casts and uh, yeah, I'm look. I'm, I can't wait for the next that, that was kind of part of the reason I've been pushing so hard on streaming much to some of my viewers chagrin that the <laughs> videos have been so sparse is just trying to be ready for outfit wars. I'm trying to get the transitions. I'm trying to get the overlays. You know, I'm seeing yes. your 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 streams just looks so slick here, man. Major props, by the way, uh, just Thank being you. able to do some interviews with some of this kind of interface up and running um, to try to deliver you know, more of an esports experience. You know, Twitch Twitch has a heading just for esports. I don't mm. know if Planetside even gets a say on there during Outfit Wars, but there's people that want to come watch esports of any game, even a game they're not that into. So I want to keep working that forward. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, casting those events are really fun, and uh, Planetside deserves it. I'm really glad that we have a great excuse like Outfit Wars, a nice big stage like Outfit Wars. Absolutely. Like, Here's where we're going to show off the game. This yep. is where to concentrate your attention. Good stuff. Absolutely. And I, you know, just not that I really, I didn't get to say enough, but thank you to everyone that came out and viewed, you know, that's, 
I know for some people they think, ah, it doesn't matter. But having the people come out and be the – there's a little Raxian scan. <laughs> be, be, be the Anytime. audience. Be the people cheering. Be the people memeing. Be the people emoting, you know. It, it's such a key part of the experience. So thanks to everyone that came out and participated in the cast, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I know. I was certainly one of them. Good, good. Yeah. So Outfit Wars is awesome. Um, along with Alongside it came the Bastion, um, the War Asset system, and then following on, we've seen the Colossus um, as, as uh, a, a complement of sorts or um, foil of sorts to the, to, the, to the Bastion. How do you think that those additions to the sandbox have affected the community? Yeah, you know, that's it's interesting because... <laughs> It's funny that what everyone's been screaming, the last thing the game needs is a unkillable high explosive farming machine, right? But at the same time, bringing that into the game delivered the highest pop swing the game has seen at the, in a long time, right? So it was, it was obviously the right call. Um, I think basically you need to combine, and it's very tough to do with resources, those exciting moments, those those pivotal sort of patches that bring something new and change it with steadily improving every little sort of quality of life thing you can. So I think some people will have mixed results like, God, the last thing we need is a big thing heshing us in our cool Bushido infantry battles. But I hope they can see that the infantry battles were made better by something that exciting coming to the game. I mean, it is pretty epic to see one of those things drift across the sky, right? So, um, you know, I can't say we, we don't pull our bastion that often. It's not our favorite part of the gameplay, but it has made every other aspect of the gameplay more interesting because there's more population, more stuff going on in the game. So mm-hmm. I am very all for for more big, massive, just kind of direction of the game shattering sorts of events going into it to shake it up. And then I hope in the in the trenches and kind of the, the, the last part of the patch notes, we can keep working on little flow improvements or any little thing that helps the general day-to-day gameplay as well. But again, I think those key big things are so important to keeping the hype. I was just, I did the hype hills and hype valleys. The hype hills are so important. Uh, the hype hills can deliver us other little quality of life events in the bottom of the patch notes. So yep. those things are important to keep those hype hills coming. Yeah. And we got those awesome Robert Stoneman videos back. Yes. That's epic. The War Correspondent videos. I love those. RPG brought them back in. Right on. Yeah, those are amazing. I'm glad that that, that, uh, the guy is still around. Still hanging around Araxis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think some of those SMR Easter eggs got snuck into one of those videos, right? Uh, You're absolutely right. He's he's got some... uh some news along the bottom there that's letting you know about the, the cold front that's coming across. Ooh, that makes me shiver. Any hints for <laughs> Yeah, let's, can, can he drop anymore? Yeah, let's, let's prod him <laughs> until he drops another. Let's see. So you said you, you guys don't pull the Bastion that much. Um, what, what's, what's been your efforts experience with the um, Colossus? <laughs> you know, the same, the same thing, to be honest. I, I, I want to... Obviously, Yamex. What's up, sir? Miss you, man. We miss you. We do. It's true. <laughs> um, we haven't we haven't pulled that out as much either. Um, we just haven't really engaged in that battle. The the Bastion. We we are able to move fast enough in our gameplay that the Bastions never really affect our experience that negatively. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a hot drop outfit like us, that's always working from galaxies. Mm-hmm. It's like you see them going, but they don't really bother you. If they're around, you just move on. So that's why we haven't really taken the time to do an armor column and kill them off. Um, do you need a Colossus so, to take down a Bastion? My impression is no. I, I guess that's true. We're also, you know, we're more of an air fit anyways when it comes to it. So we pull mm-hmm. a bunch of lock-on mossies or worm mossies, and that really kind of does the trick. So, Do you see some of the more armor-inclined outfits, like embracing the Colossus? What's been your, what have you seen? It, that, that's exactly what it is. The outfits that um, are the ones that are going to pull an armor column anyways, mm-hmm. they're the ones that'll put a couple of Colossus in the mix. And so I think it really adds something to the gameplay. And that's that's why I'm all for it. Not everything that comes to Planetside needs to be part of my gameplay. And I hope most people can appreciate, right, that not every patch has to be for their t- style of gameplay. So yeah. I've, I've seen them as the kind of the backbone of multiple armor columns and super cool to see that Skylance firing off. Yeah, man. And those armor outfits have need have needed a bone thrown to them for a while, I think. Uh, for sure. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, people have been asking for a new vehicle forever. So uh, this is here. I, I understand some people are going to be salty that, you know, the kind of top of outfit is only what can really pull them. Um, but I think that encourages people to spread out and make more, more tighter, neat outfits where everyone will get an opportunity to pull one. Yeah, I mean, all these little things uh, or big things like the outfit wars, the Colossus, the the Bastion. You, these, this is all outfit content, and this is one of my favorite things about the RPG I'm seeing in 2020, and the messaging that I've seen from them, is the understanding that that the community, if if you make if you make content that requires a community to engage with, the community will come out for it. And it's important to have like your directives and your mission systems. And it's important to have these things that keep individuals logging in day to day to chase something that they like, um, new weapon unlocks, things like that. But it's those communities that are, are the sticky part of planet side, that whole MMO piece, you know, what, you know, when, uh, your buddy tells you he can't log in for ops and you're like, Oh, come on, just, you know, tell your wife you're not feeling well or something, <laughs> you know, make up some excuse, man. Like, yeah. And where you kind of feel like, Oh man, I kind of want to go, you know? Yeah. Yep. You don't get that stick if you're just logging in to pursue the next directive weapon necessarily. But if it's your guys. No. And it makes complete sense to me. You know, they, they do totally understand that people that find their way into outfit are more likely to stick around for longer. Um, and yeah, and I, I think it's there's a big messaging part of that, and I don't know if that's there as well as they'd like it to be. Hey, do this, you'll get the merit stuff, you'll get to do more stuff. But mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that they are trying to get people into distributed through outfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you kind of got to create the obvious outcomes, I think. The obvious benefits, like what's in it for me? Oh, I can do a bastion. And then I, I kind of get... I, I'm obviously ascribing intentionality where they may be none but to me if their approach is let's create those excuses and then we'll pave the road to them that that's better than doing taking the opposite approach where you try to railroad people into outfits for no apparent reason i i think you're right i think you're perceiving it right on is they're they're trying to deliver they're putting the carrot out there right there and you're right they still need to pave the way a little bit better but uh they're getting the reason out there and that think you're right on cool serious agrees with me <laughs> well you're a wise man why wouldn't i oh 
God, tell my wife that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one of those mugs at the office. I don't need Google. My wife knows everything. She made sure to buy me that one. <laughs> <laughs> I need to think about getting one of those. <laughs> uh, so speaking of, of, of wisdom and lessons learned, um, one of the topics I've pinned here that I can't let us get through this without talking about is Planetside Arena. Yeah. Um, I rewatched some of your content on, on Arena to as prep for this to just remember what you've said and um, what you've put out there. Um, but maybe you can just walk us through it. Uh, your experience first learning about Arena, what your initial impressions were and how it progressed. Yeah, I think Arena is a tough one because, you know, it depended on the community getting behind it and including the content creators. Um, and it had felt like we had just been through the whole H1Z1 experience where we had kind of been shoved to the side. And uh, it kind of felt like that all, all over again, where we're getting this new content, this new game that's in the franchise, but it's delivering something completely. I know they're putting the carrot out there of Massive Clash, right? But it's in its iteration, it was delivering something completely different. Yeah. So how do you voice to a development company that you love that, Hey, we want more content like what's already here. I don't know how you how you do that. Um, and then I think the second big problem really just harkens back to the challenge video. <laughs> um, when I played, if I was playing in small groups, I was it was it was unfair out there, man. I'm not I'm not a terrific player, but that's one of the things you highlighted. There, yeah, there were a lot of battle. There was a lot of battles out there that I'm sure the other side felt like this this wasn't fair or fun. And same thing, I ran into the groups out there that were. You put 12 players that are in Discord together, and they will just wreck a lobby, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't – they didn't have a solution to that. They they didn't have – it was one of those things where they couldn't sell it to us, right? They couldn't sell it to Planetside 2 because the Planetside 2 experience was not in it yet. They had mm -hmm. aspirations for that, but it was not in it yet. And so they had to go sell it to someone else, and they they never did. They never had that budget to try to mm -hmm. pitch it as the next, the better version of H1Z1 or the next Battle Royale. And also, um, I think Apex landed at the exact same time they were planning on giving it to people, I think. Yeah, you, well, you're right on. And then that Apex, was, that was kind of the nail in the coffin, that right? That was the that, first thought that I had when I saw Apex. Is, you know, they were trying to sneak man. into the Battle Royale market, and then you had just this... Because the, really, Planetside was they was groundbreaking in that it was battle royale but class based, and then when they, Apex was the same, even a wider version of that, right? A hero based yeah, battle royale. Right. Um, now the Planetside, did, the arena didn't even have a niche like that to kind of lean into. So, yeah, that was that was a tough one. Yeah, that had to be rough to see it come down. Tough is the word. Um, you know, you you asked the question, how do you communicate with with people who you with, with with developers of a game that you love that something that they've put out there as the next thing isn't really isn't really it or it's not really there and right. i think that a lot of people communicated the way i did which is by opting out of the whole thing you know i think that's that's the most most common one yeah and you're probably right that's probably the best way to do it right because i think you know I understand that there are people that poured their heart and soul into this, right? And it's yeah. frustrating to see a community tear it down. At the same time, you having – being investor of sorts, right? I mean we've – a lot of us has probably invested a lot of money into the franchise and then see that they're 
taking that in a different direction that you didn't want your investment to lead towards. Yeah. And how do you how do you how do you voice that without actually getting a say at the table? You don't have a sh- you don't have a voting share. I don't know what the best way to do it is, but if you just if you open your wallet, then it's you're voting yes whether you want to be. I know some people are like, well, I'm voting for the plant side franchise. I appreciate that, yeah. but uh, in the end, you're you're probably also voting for Battle Royale. So, yes. do you want to vote for that as well? You know, that's a complicated thing, and there I think there's so many things that that can easily be pointed to as like, this is one of the major things that didn't go right about it. Um, I think one of the only ways that Arena could have won me over is by having a non-Royale mode from the outset that fucking smoked. Absolutely, you know, something that was unquestionably good. And you couldn't get in Planet Side too. Yeah, and you know that was—that's one of those things where the devs are probably like, "But we were—we said we were bringing it. We said we were bringing it." And it's like, you know, this community—we've seen so many Phase Ones. We've seen, you know, we've seen cool, awesome roadmaps that don't come to be. Mm-hmm. They—it had to be one of those things where they had to take that leap of faith and deliver that first for the Planet Side Two end to get on board. And I'm sure the the powers that be above see Fortnite and they see PUBG and then they see Apex, and they say no 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 we got to stick with that battle royale trend and I you know could it have worked if it was Massive Clash first I I wonder I wonder mm-hmm. if it would have been different because I do what you know Andy Seitz said that the concept was let's try to deliver Planet Side in a more like a 45 minute batch or or match type mm-hmm. of dose. Nice and there's idea. something to be said. There's something to be said for that, right? Because yeah. people can't stay through a 90-minute alert. Sometimes they can't wait till the alert starts. They have to leave before the alert ends. There's, it's tough to find a digestible chunk of Planet Side Two sometimes. Yeah. And so if they could have delivered, I understand the concept of wanting to deliver an arena-based but massive clash end of that. So I, I'm curious if that would have scratched the itch, done it better or worse. The the one thing I always said was. All the planet side or the PlayStation people thought of Mag, right? The massive action game. Yep. And if they could have done something that brought that community over, and they would have been able to nab the Planet Side Two community as well, then maybe they could have had the foundation for Planet Side Three, like they wanted. Is that really what they wanted, though? Yeah, that's here's my thing, and it's a little bit cynical. To me, they're dangling Planet Side Three because everyone wants Planet Side Three. They're dangling the world's words so people buy into it, even it's if they a, don't like what's there. It's you a know? dangerous spell to cast. Right, right, exactly. So, I, I understand when you're in the position, you're trying to make the game work. You gotta, you gotta, th- you gotta pull out all the stops. It's just, you know, I think for most people, it kind of just was frustrating. Well, we should have started somewhere entirely different if this was our path to Planet Side Three. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I was reading the letter that Andy wrote when the RPG announcement came down and he did invoke Planet Side 3. Um, it was clear that there was a need to inspire people. And it was a moment where he obviously put out the words and thought that he could back them up. I don't know if the community was ready to believe him at that point, but Outfit Wars and the Bastion and the Colossus and this little mystery about Esamir, some of us are paying attention to, all seem to be proving out that message of Planet Side can be more than circling the drain of what you already know. Absolutely. 
and it's kind of interesting because with Planet Set Arena, I feel like the last thing that anyone wants is to say, hey, yelling and screaming and turning away from it. Like we, we don't want to that behavior to work, but but it did. Right. We, we the whole dev team came here because Planet Side Arena dropped and now we're getting yeah. cool things like Escalation, like Outfit Wars, because they reinvested into this title. And I, I want to give props again to Rel that I think that the fact that we we had a history of being willing to spend on things like implants mm-hmm. would allow them to say, OK, well, let's go back to it rather than just cut our losses. Um, by the same time, I feel like without people being so resistant to Planet Side Arena, we wouldn't be in as good a place now. I feel like we would we just might be stuck with a, a Planet Side Two still dwindling and a very mediocre arena based shooter. Yeah. If we had all kind of committed that one, you know. So yeah, you, you it worked. A, you made a video with a great headline, um, something to the effect of actually I think I wrote it down. Maybe I didn't write it down. Oh, here it is. Planet Side Arena is a good game, but it must cannibalize Planet Side Two in order to survive. You know, it's a it's a hundred percent, and I I. Uh, I have this thing, and I think people are going to think I'm pompous, pompous saying it. Um, I hate when I'm right. It sucks because <laughs> I'm I'm right a lot about a lot of different things, di- disappointing things, and the, I just didn't. With their approach, the only commu- community they had access to was the Planet Side Two community, and they would have either had to onboard everyone and kill off all the fights on yeah. Planet Side Two mm-hmm. to get those players into arena. Or they would not be able to onboard them, but they had no plan to onboard a different community. They didn't have a plan to onboard the Battle Royale community, the sci-fi community, the massive action game community. They they didn't have anyone else they could onboard other than the Planet Side 2 people. So, yeah, one game was going to win, and I'm glad it was Planet Side 2. I, I want a Planet Side 3. I do want a Planet Side 3. I just think it needs to be a spiritual successor, and... I do worry the Planet Side Two wasn't successful enough to warrant a three. Yeah, Planet Side Three is a tough question. Um, when I talk to, so one of the, the most interesting ways I've had to think about Planet Side Two lately has been to actually go back and experience Planet Side One. There's a, a great fan project, fan run project out there right now called Planet Side Forever, where they're emulating the old Planet Side One game, and on the weekends there are 50 people logging in every weekend to play Planet Side 1. It's not at the scale that it's meant to be played at, but there is still fun to be had there. And I talked to the project lead on the podcast about a month ago, a guy named uh, Nick Wallet, um, really cool guy, about what Planet Side 3 could be. And he talked about kind of melding some of the ideas. And some of the stuff about Planet Side 1 that I really liked was how it felt a lot more like an MMO in many ways. Um, and I think we're starting to see RPG now bring a lot of those things in today. The Sanctuary is a great example. It's totally an MMO idea. Absolutely. It's a it's a city, essentially. Yep. Um, yeah, to me, the potential there is limitless. You know, I think for some people, it's like, well, there's nothing here yet. Hey, you're right. Hopefully they can kind of round it out and then really see the benefit of it. What do you think we'll see from the Sanctuary? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the mission system can be based there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the all, all of us are... I would love to have VR training just right off an end of it. Me, you know me, I would love like to have a canteen. A yeah, exactly. I would love to have a canteen there. And I yeah. see. <laughs> and I, again, some people are like, well, that's pointless. I, see, I would love it's to not. have out, an out. Yeah, exactly. And outfit, you know, guild halls, right? I would yeah. like to have something where you can work to as a guild where everyone feels like they can contribute. And, hey, your bastion is hovering just outside of this instanced hall, right? 
you can put a cosmetic on it. You know, just just a gathering place where everyone can just just as I try to do my stream where sure we hang in the canteen and there's kind of a a rise and fall to the stream. Yeah. I think it's a good way to do ops, right? We all kind of come together as a community, as a group mm -hmm. at it. And then we go out, we do battle on Araxis, and then we kind of wind down at the end and see, bring our spoils back. Oh, what did we unlock? What did we do? What did, what did we achieve as a team today type of thing? That's a so great think, sounding gameplay loop. I love that exactly. idea. I think having that, that hub, it just offers all those potentials. And that, again, what I love about that is Right now, the game depends – a lot of the monetization is in loot crates. And to me, those are – you can do monetization there that's more fun and more fair where, mm -hmm. hey, if people are running merit boosts or whatever, they can get more for their cosmetics for their guild hall faster. You know, all these cosmetic ways to monetize. I think that's definitely the way to make the game feel the most fair rather than these loot crates slash massive grind ways where you feel like you need to grind to get yeah. car pace whatever. So I, I also – I would imagine that companies like RPG and the publisher Daybreak, um, with all the regulation that we're hearing intoned across the world about loot crates and in online and uh, gambling and video games, I, I would hope that we're starting to move away from that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the, I think we're at a turning point for sure. Of yeah. course, any corporation based in the U.S. will be slower because we're always slower about those things. But all about <laughs> maybe the business, we'll baby. Yep, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and Guardian there has a good point. You know, hey, getting some move tar moving targets in VR, that would be a great little addition. Yeah. I I think I've heard that NPCs are kind of hard to do in Planet Side too. Doesn't surprise me. I, mm -hmm. I think that is probably accurate. Yeah. So what could Planet Side 3 bring that Planet Side 2 can't do? Ooh, that's a good one. Um See, for me, and I, I'm going to start with what is, why, why are so many people into Destiny? For, for, you've played Destiny. I, yes. I have not. What, what keeps people in Destiny? I would say constant, accessible content that's always coming into the game. There's new, there's, um, and also that it's a place. It's a world, right? Mm -hmm. you, you go to the, the last city is a hub with a lot of flavor to it. There are okay. secrets, there's story, um, and there's having all those things gives purpose to yep. all the bullets you shoot. Um, yep. And um, the promise of sharing that with others, of course. Yeah. And so what I, you know, what I say for Planetside is they did the, they got the most important part, the mechanics of combat, they got it out there with tanks and aircraft and infantry. They got good, they got great gunplay, on a, but in a game that's at massive scale, right? Counter-Strike has good gunplay, but that would not scale to hundreds of people in a battle. Right. Whereas they got that done. I know people are like, well, but, but I'm dying behind corners. Sure. I mean, if you put, imagine in any other one of these titles, I played the 50 versus 50 mode in Fortnite. It is just chugs. I had a beast in the machine. It just chugs. And that's a game with shit graphics. I think you know? Planet Side's a marvel of gaming Exactly. Engineering. <laughs> it really is. People people don't appreciate. Like it's they a walk wonder in, it hangs together. I you know, I see I see these people, they walk in even Lyric on stream was like, right, they walk in and he's in a battle where there's a hundred versus hundred people. He's like, God, I'm lagging. I'm like, do you have any concept of how different this is than any other like your your yeah. computer is getting messages on two hundred different clients around you, and yeah. these aren't these aren't uh, these aren't uh, 
hit scan weapons either, right? It's calculating some stray bullet that's doming some guy that had no idea was like what it's doing is astonishing. Mm-hmm. So uh, major props to that. They got all that in, and then I don't. They didn't get lore. They didn't get RPG uh, role playing elements. They didn't mm-hmm. get new player experience. Like they got the part you have to have. And then they just the didn't have the resources to do everything else. And obviously they hope to do it. Um, I feel like it was sort of a game of chicken for PlanetSide, right? Uh, Smedley said this was a game that was supposed to run to 2025. They tried to build the graphics out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the inevitably the hardware of the time could not run a game meant for 2025. Mm-hmm. So it was like a game of kitch- chicken where the hardware had to catch up to the game they built and unfortunately, before the hardware ever caught up, they lost the the mind share. battle. Exactly. The will of the people, the will of the people wanted them to revert to make it run better now. And so they had to put a lot of the resources that could have been, let's do more lore. Let's do more of this to making it run on the equipment of the time. And uh, to uh, OMFG. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Higby even mentioned that it was a gut punch. that They had to stop everything they were doing yeah. and do OMFG because it, there was the whole team, right? Zoe was left in a bad state, right? They couldn't even do balance stuff because they were crazy. doing this overall. And, I, you know, it was demanded by the com- community. Smed saw the outcry and he responded to the outcry. Um, but I do think it handicapped their ability to sort of fill out some of those other elements. Mm-hmm. You know? And one of the arguments, too, is that a lot of those optimizations were eroded away over the years anyway. Well, and that's the tough part about it. You know, I, I, th- that brought us multi better multi-threading capability. Um, it, it did a lot for the game, for sure, no doubt. Uh, some people would, no offense to PlanetSide or PlayStation 4 players, OMGF, OMFG is the only reason they were able to do the port. Yeah. Because they did so many performance things. So I think some PC players will be like, man, not only did it slow down the development there, then they also, the next 10 months of development were a port. So it really handicapped their ability to bring content to PC mm-hmm. um, through those two different cycles, all to get some performance that, yeah, everyone feels like was out the window not far later. Yeah, that's a rough one. And I think that, um, you know, I was looking at the, uh, I'm not sure how accurate Steam Charts is, um, but... I was watching some of the player trends for Planet Site 2 historically, and I noticed that OMFG, that one of the questions I asked myself when Outfit Wars was leading up was, what does Planet Site have to do to have a permanent increase in players? Because if you look at the, the player trends for all the major releases that have happened over the years, Hawson, Construction, OMFG, Implants, um, even, even DX11, all the little, all the all the humps in participation we got always normalized back to the same level or lower than they were before. I haven't looked at the charts um, for post post Bastion, but I haven't really felt the need to because I kind of feel like we haven't had a lull. Like we haven't had a major period of oh we're back into stable planet side time now where nothing changes and we just have to sit on our thumbs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a new, a new, a new phase. Feels like absolutely. I mean, major credit to the cyclical nature of Outfit Wars, and that they were able to get the Colossus out. We've certainly, I, I do feel like we're in a little bit of a valley, but you're right; it's not as steep a fall off as some of those other patches brought. We we were able to sort of keep flat or uh, 
yeah, flatten that curve out a little bit right. to use a, 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 a word of the times, right? Flatten the curve. So Right. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, speaking of the times, um, I think that we could go on and talk about Planet Side for hours. I know I could anyway. Um, but maybe uh, we should hit on um, one or two non-Planet Side things uh, before yeah. we call it a night. I love so, it. Yeah. So you talking about flattening the curve that, of course, calls back to the global the pandemic, COVID. People are watching this in the future. Everyone's sick or deathly afraid of being sick right now. Uh, and I'm sure you were there for it. So um, how have you seen the this lockdown affect you, affect your community, affect the way that you engage with with games? Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. We t I touched on it a little bit earlier, but man, if you guys watch the charts, the streaming amount, it has just skyrocketed. Um, I think everyone that's been part of watching streams, playing games knows that it's there, but obviously more people are going to be going to that to find a sense of community when you cannot access your local community. So I think right there, it's, it's kind of a lifesaver. Imagine, imagine isolating for six months when they're wasn't any form of contact like we mm -hmm. couldn't contact the outside world as easy as we do now you know um so it's it's definitely enables that um if, for me i feel like i i haven't been able to capitalize on it as much but i think it will permanently change the landscape of entertainment for sure people are going to Obviously, as the generation that's been part of it grows up, more and more people, when they're older, they will not fo follow traditional media. They'll follow live media like this. But uh, the pandemic, I think, will just hasten that shift. That's already inevitable, but it will just massively shove that shift forward. So, I don't know. Interesting stuff to watch. Twitch did almost triple its view viewership hours when that lockdown really hit. So. Oh, really? I didn't know it was that much. Stunning numbers, yeah. If you if you pull up the Streamlab blog at some point, mm. it is it is stunning numbers how much it skyrocketed. That's remarkable. You know, um, do you think this is like an entirely like new kind of phase change we're going through, or that this is just kind of like an acceleration of something that was going to happen over time anyway? Yeah, I think it's it's more of the latter. I don't. I think there's always going to be a place for traditional media. But I think I think it's one of those things where the the star, as we're seeing, the stars will get bigger and bigger paychecks, paychecks mm -hmm. that compete or are better than the paychecks that you might get in traditional media. It will be for a while. It's kind of like you know, streaming gaming was the redheaded stepchild behind regular sports casting or behind Hollywood, and very soon it'll be like, well, this is this is just one of the options. Not the lesser option. It's just mm -hmm. like, hey, do you want to watch a live Overwatch cast or do you want to watch a hockey game? You know, mm -hmm. it will definitely shift towards that where it's it's just one of the things you can choose. You know, mm -hmm. I imagine I'm preaching to the choir when I say this. But the thing that the suspicion that I have is that I mean, I, I think already from a revenue perspective, video games are the ascendant art form the, of the world. Um, and I think over time, as, especially as we have generational shift, that will be more culturally recognized. Um, I, I, I don't see any other future other than the one where the world of gaming becomes, becomes broader and broader and has more and more little niches for, for people to plug into and where it doesn't just take over everything. Like if you watch, um, there's some great interview content that, that came out around Half-Life Alex, the new VR Half-Life game from, from Valve. 
um, a few months ago. And Gabe Newell, praise Gabe, is, <laughs> is talking about brain-computer interfaces. And anyone who's not looking at that is sleeping on the future of technology. Wow. Uh, you know, Matrix, Matrix kind of stuff. And when you think about what kind of art form can be transformed by that medium, it's not painting. It's not really movies. It's video games. For sure. And we've seen it already be transformed by the global availability of broadband, which has allowed a thing like Twitch to occur, to your point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see any other way that it could go. And a big part of the reason why I decided to, to commit to doing this content, because I, like you, you know, have a day job, and I do this when I come home at the end of the day, or at least when I used to come home, when I, I turn off my, lap, my work laptop at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. let's put it that way. Right, right. Um, is because we, you and I, Commander, Kami, Rel, Yamix, everyone else who's watching this is at the start of, of something that is going to shape the lives of everyone as, as, we, as, as we continue on into the future. Um, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a really heavy but super accurate way to look at it. Yeah, I, I can't say I stopped to think about it that much, but it, it's, it's really, that's really very accurate. Um, you know, especially with the coronavirus, people are forced to find their communities online, but they, they already were before, right? You know, you were, we're fortunate to be in a position where you're not stuck with what's right next door. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what if right next door has completely different values or or is mean or, you know, wh whatever reason it doesn't quite work. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a beauty that you can go out and everyone can find um, something that they can be part of. That, find your that work, Right. That has that has similar interests. And it's kind of funny on the topic is certainly it, it allows people that have dangerous dangerous sort of inclinations to find more of that but and some people kind of demonize the online world for that but it's it's not a fault that people can connect online that there are going to be dangerous people out there right it's people can find that no matter what yeah. i think it's i think it's important we look at every time you see that the millions the massively outweighing percentage of groups communities gatherings small little outfits that you know, our find experiences every night, every day because of, because of this. Yeah. Well, serious. I can't think of a better note than that to end it on. How about you? I think that's absolutely perfect. Now that we've definitely solved all the problems of the world, we might as well just stop there. So great, great job, brother. Hearty handshake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, Dick, is... thank, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate you. What, what you're doing here is awesome and just keep it up. Best of luck to you. So my absolute pl pleasure and right back at you. I'll be looking forward to many more serious streams to come. Right on, man. Yeah, I'm going to keep them coming. Yeah, next Outfit, season, outfit War season is going to be epic, guys. Looking just, forward to Just it. you wait. So. All right. For those of you all who are out there watching us live, thanks for being here. And for those of you all watching us after the fact, yeah, thanks for checking us out. I'm Deeg. That's Commander Sirius. He kicks ass, and he wants to, to tell you what's great about Planetside. Go to his YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash C slash C-M-D-R-C-Y-R-I-O-U-S. Did I get that right? You did. You nailed it. Nice. Same thing on, where else are you? Uh, I'm that everywhere. You can find me on Insta, Periscope, Twitter, Trovo, DLive, 
you name it. Pick your platform, and that's me. So, Go find him. Yeah. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a great night. I've been Deeg. I'm, uh, I have a, a, a little community, too. You can hit uh, exclamation Discord in the chat to find us um, or uh, check us out on YouTube. Search for Deeg. Thanks, y'all. Deeg, can I prod yeah. you right as the end here since we're signing off? You did such a great job with the uh, Grug version. <laughs> can, I, can I hear one of your endings oh, that one of uh, mimics Commander Sirius at the end? Oh, you want me to, to, to repeat it? I want to hear. I want to hear. You want to hear a rendition? I know. I know we're going to see you. No, I know we're going to see you, Planet Side, and I just want to hear your rendition of that. I I will do another rendition. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> big Grug, wake up on Araxis with Big Club. Big Grug smashed Little Grug with Big Club. Doing this, Big Grug gets Big KDR, Big KPM. Big Grug likes smashing Little Grug. Mm-hmm. Big Grug shares with all his friends how quickly he can smash Little Grug. Big Grug feels good about themselves. But Little Grugs find a solution. If Little Grugs stick together, work as team, Big Grugs can't smash them very well. This makes Big Grugs sad. Big Grugs want Little Grugs to spread out so they can smash them better. Big Grugs make fun of Little Grugs for being together. And Commander Grug comes along and says, Smashing Little Grugs, no make you Big Grug. Smashing other Big Grugs, only what make you Big Grug. Big Grugs get mad. They say Commander Grug only says that because he can't smash Little Grugs fast. So, they challenge Commander Grug to go smash Little Grugs even faster than average Big Grug smash them. And then, when he does that, there's deafening silence. And they delete their comments and we're left right here. Awesome. Thanks a bunch, Dig. I'll see you planet side, man. Take care, brother. Thanks, y'all.